Hey everyone, welcome to Zappagram, the mother of all music podcasts, where every week we cover the latest in music news, reviews, interviews, releases, discovery, history, and more. I'm your host, Chris Zappa, and as always, the world of music is a busy place, so without further ado, ground control to listener, take your protein pills, put your helmet on, this podcast ain't gonna listen to itself... Hey everybody, thanks for joining me for a very special episode of Zappagram. Today I'm talking with Claire and John from the band Bloom, a dreamy dream pop band out of Detroit. We talk about their music and about how they got started. We discuss their journey as artists, their creative process, and about what they're working on today. We also dive into a bunch of other fun stuff like the ever-evolving music scene in Detroit. As an exclusive Zappagram bonus, Claire and John have been kind enough to debut their brand new single, Dream Time, which drops on streaming services everywhere tomorrow, Friday, April 14th. I'll be featuring the new song at the end of this interview, so be sure to stay tuned until the end for that. I can tell you it's a beautiful song you definitely don't want to miss. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Claire and John from Bloom. Claire and John of Bloom, thank you guys for being here. Thanks for joining me today. Thank you for having us. Yeah, absolutely. My pleasure. How are you guys and where are you guys? We're great. Uh, we are in uh, the suburbs of Detroit, Michigan. Detroit. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Um, for listeners who may or may not yet be familiar with your music, can you can you talk a little bit about uh, the music that you make and sort of describe uh, your music? Yeah, uh, we make, I don't know, I feel like we kind of <laughs> <laughs> go across a few different genres, but I mean, in a general term, just dream pop mostly, indie music, spacey, emotional, ethereal kind of stuff. Lots of reverb, right? <laughs> Yeah, that's I, I would I would describe it that way too. Yeah, it's 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 great. Um, you guys, uh, tell tell me how you guys met, and then and then how you decided to form this band, and 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 what were you guys doing prior to that as well? Yeah, so that that's a those are lots of questions. Um, yeah, yeah, sorry. Uh, yeah, no, that's okay. Um, yeah, I mean, really, I think both of us had, you know, done a lot of various kind of music side projects, full project, you know, whatever we were working on. But we met um, in 2021 um, at an open mic, basically, and, you know, kind of connected on a musical level at that point and, you know, became friends and um, eventually um, also kind of started focusing more on just our own relationship with each other. We got married uh, last year. Um, and then... Uh, Congratulations. Really Thank you. Thank you. Um, but we were both kind of doing our own thing musically throughout that time. Um, it was kind of always a thread that we said, like we were going to work on music together at some point. Um, but we really weren't, uh, I guess, wanting to push that really. We wanted it to feel like, well, when we're ready, we will. And then we finally did right. start doing that kind of um, last fall. And, um, that's kind of how things began. And then it's just kind of, 
really kind of quickly come together in this sort of now, you know, looking back at it, like, well, why didn't we start doing this earlier? Or, yeah. you know, because it's really meshing quite well. And I think we're both very, very excited um, to be actually working on it together now. I, I would definitely say that it's, it's meshing well. Um, <laughs> yeah, you guys, you guys are wonderful together in, in all aspects, but it, it really shows in the music. Thank you. How how so that this was you know during the 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 whole stress of the pandemic and everything and and you know life was chaotic in general um, and and everyone was was trapped at home so I mean that is that seems like a great time to start working on on a new yeah. project like this too. No, we had met at the end the tail end of the pandemic just when things were slowly starting to open back up and. Uh, yeah, we were, I mean, I had been performing live and doing different musical projects and playing in bands for, you know, 10 years prior to that. And then when the pandemic hit, I went, you know, nearly two years without playing live at all. And the first place I went to go play live was where I met Claire at this open jam, open mic kind of thing. And so, yeah, I think, I think, I mean, I think all musicians and artists were, you know, primed and ready to be like, oh, once this is over, like... Now I want to do the stuff. And um, so we just yeah. happened to meet right at that tail end of that. And it's carried forward. After it, was, that. it was fate. Right. Yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. Talk about some of like your earliest memories when, when it, it comes to music. Do you, did you guys grow up in, in musical households? Not really. No. Um, I don't think either one of us did. I think we both kind of share, um, you know, sort of the, the past of being like the, I don't want to say the black sheep maybe, but like <laughs> the, the, the child that was maybe a little bit more introspective, introverted, um, finding your own path kind of thing. So no one in our families was specifically like musical or played a musical instrument. I have an aunt that, you know, played the fiddle. Um, but that was, you know, as far as it was in my family. And I don't know about your family, if you have any extended family that mm-hmm. are musicians. Yeah. I mean, my, <laughs> My aunt's husband, my uncle, was a drummer in a band. So there was like, there was slight exposure to it. And obviously, you know, people listen to music. And my mom, I think, had pretty good, you know, music taste. Like I was exposed to mm-hmm. some pretty cool music from the 70s and 70s and on. And, um, you know, early on as a kid. So that influenced me. But there was no one to look at and be like, oh, they're playing an instrument or anything like that. I was the only one. Yeah. That, yeah. I think it, so- it really more developed from just like our own lives and like feeling like we really connected with music deeply as kids Mm -hmm. growing up and, you know, using that as kind of a way to cope, get through things, you know, uh, kind of get through life. And I think, you know, following that path all the way to, you know, wow, I really want to um, experience this on a more deeply connected level and really make it myself. And I think we both share like just a, a strong desire to write music. I find that so interesting that because you can almost, you know, it's easy to see when when someone comes up in a musical household, they had, you know, siblings maybe that played, you know, an instrument or whatever. And you you sort of gravitate towards it because of that. But I think it's even more interesting when when it's in the case like with you guys, when, you know, it's like you didn't really have that. It just you you found that on your own and you realized that, you know, this is this is something I want to do uh, for my own sake without any sort of like prompting or history of, of that being in your family. That's really cool. What about, um, 
some of your musical influences and and how you picked those up along the way and how those sort of you know inspired you creatively over um, the years i know that i i read that uh you know from back from the beatles all the way up to yeah to, present day to beach house, you know, and, and stuff like that yeah. has, has been an influence on you guys. Yeah. I mean, I'd say, yeah, my personal influences. Um, yeah, I, I really, for whatever reason, connected with music from the fifties, sixties, seventies, really as a kid, you know, I was like, loved the Beatles and Elvis and just kind of the, you know, classic, classic rock kind of thing. Um, mm-hmm. and then, but then of course, growing up as a kid in the late nineties, early two thousands, there's lots of different influences and you're kind of, you know, I think, I feel like modern music now or the way people take in music is like, there's no shelf life or like, um, timestamp on any music. It's kind of like, it's all just this one thing. So like, I think I drew influences from, from every era. I mean, even like classical and jazz, you know, and stuff much older than, you know, the sixties. Um, mm-hmm. but it's kind of just taking all of that and looking at the whole, piece of just music as a whole, um, you know, and human experience then. Yeah. So that's a very broad, vague answer, but, um, <laughs> yeah, no, but yeah, no, 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 that's great. Yeah. But yeah, I'd say the Beatles and then, you know, I liked the nineties alternative and grunge stuff and yeah, obviously, you know, there's some other like hip hop influences and stuff that you listen to that mm-hmm. I listened to in mm-hmm. high school and college. And, um, but yeah, I'd say that's a long answer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, that's a great answer. It's a great answer. <laughs> what about you, Claire? Yeah, I think, you know, for me, um, you know, I think John has better taste than me as a child, <laughs> um, for sure. I think it took me a lot longer to find good music. <laughs> um, and, um, and I, you know, maybe that's just, you know, he had the the blessing of being raised in the suburbs of Detroit and I was from a small town in Wisconsin. So originally, um, Oh really? So we're in Wisconsin, uh, Janesville. Oh my gosh. That's about 45 yeah. minutes away from me. <laughs> yeah. So I feel I'm like my, Madison. uh, yeah, yeah. Which is a much better music town than Janesville. <laughs> I'll say it's a pretty, um, <laughs> it's a pretty good town. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So from where I grew up, I feel like all I had, you know, was just like the very basic sort of whatever was popular kinds of things. And, um, you know, if that was or whatever my parents happened to be listening to. So it wasn't until much later. But I think, you know, for me growing up, probably I identified with a number of like very popular female vocalists of, of that time, you know, maybe like, you know, Sarah McLaughlin or somebody like that, Madonna, you know, Madonna certainly. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, those were sort of my first sort of like female centric, um, strong women who were kind of doing their thing. And then that followed a, a long path towards finding my own music, you know, when I got to college and started listening to more independent music and, other things and got really into bands like Beach House uh, and Dream Pop specifically. Well, and and also, right, like back in, in the day, in let's say the late 90s and early 2000s and whatever, we didn't, we didn't get music recommendations from an algorithm then. Right. You know, we weren't finding out about the coolest new band from whatever popped up in our For You feed or, or whatever. So it was, it was a lot harder to discover um, mm-hmm. cool music in, in those days. And you really relied on friends and word of mouth and that sort of thing, especially if, if you didn't come from a place that had like a huge music scene of its own. Right. Right. What about when you what about for each of you? When did you guys first decide to pick up an instrument for the first time? And, and what was that? What was that instrument? 
Yeah, for me, um, it was a guitar mm-hmm. and I was 15 and, you know, my father had uh, purchased a guitar at some point in the 70s or something like that because mm-hmm. he said that uh, he thought, you know, he wanted to learn how to play because uh, he thought it would help him pick up the ladies. This is the story he told me. <laughs> and um, and then it sat in a basement for a very, very long time and I didn't even know it was down there. But I had already like kind of started, you know, playing around with like recording my vocals over existing music because I just wanted to kind of do something like that. And then once I found his guitar and I said, oh, can I play this? And he's like, yeah, of course, I haven't touched it in years. And um, and that's kind of how I got uh, started playing an instrument, just kind of trying to learn that myself. It was very terrible, of course, at first, but that's that's how I got started. Awesome. But you were just self-taught. You just sort of taught yourself yeah. and figured stuff you out. That's cool. She said that the first like year or two or whatever, she didn't know how to tune it. So right. she was just playing an out of tune guitar, you know, <laughs> making up sh- shapes on it. And, <laughs> and then you tuned it and then the, and it was a game changer. Right. Right. Wow. This sounds a lot better now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sounds like what I wanted it to sound like. That's so funny. What, what about you, John? Yeah. I don't know. I picked up. I, I started asking it was, and it was probably around, you know, uh, I think I got my first guitar when I was eight or so. And it was after, you know, discovering the Beatles and Rolling Stones and whoever, you know, stuff. And I was like, Oh uh, yeah, I want to play guitar and got an acoustic guitar around eight or nine and took lessons briefly. So kind of got like the foundation. And then from there I, there was like an old, you know, Casio keyboard that was sitting around the house that I started messing around on. And then, taught myself piano and eventually begged my parents for a drum set. And so then it, it was kind of like the, yeah, I want to play every instrument. And uh, yeah. but guitar, guitar was the first one. And you guys are, are uh, in Detroit and Detroit has such a incredibly rich and varied musical history from the O-Town days, Aretha Franklin, Stevie Wonder to uh, George Clinton and P-Funk and Iggy mm-hmm. and the Stooges and MC5 and, um, I just learned the other day that uh, Sufjan Stevens is is from there. I didn't I didn't know that, and of, and of course the White Stripes. I mean, that's an unbelievable mm-hmm. amount of talent to come out of one city. And you talk a little bit about what's the what's the current music scene in Detroit like? It's produced a tremendous amount of talent. What's it What's it like like right now today and in real time? Yeah, I think it's I think it's a great scene. I mean, I'd say yeah, currently. Um yeah, there's a lot of cool bands in different genres. Um, I've played in a handful of bands that have played around the Detroit area. Um, you know, there's definitely uh, the garage rock and punk scene, you know, is very popular mm-hmm. and kind of branches off of the White Stripes and then going back to Iggy and the Stooges and all that. And then obviously there's a big hip hop scene in Detroit and Detroit rap has had, you know, it's time in the sun lately, I feel like is pretty big uh, nationally. But then... Yeah, I think there's I think there's a lot of cool music in Detroit that's still going on today that we we're still getting our feet wet, I'd say. Um, and we've mostly been a recording project, so we haven't been out playing much in Detroit. But for my past experiences, yeah, it's a I'd say it's a great scene and lots of opportunities for musicians to play and be heard. Yeah, I was I was going to ask about that. Actually, I was wondering what you guys were were doing right now in terms of of live performances, if you were mostly focusing on writing music and recording right now or if you were doing any playing out or or if you had yeah, you right know, tour plans for the future. Yeah, I think that's a question we get asked a lot, uh, especially uh, from fans. 
you know, just like what are our plans to tour? And I, and I think we've kind of taken the approach that we really wanted to focus on the music first and get, uh, get the songs written, get everything recorded. And I think we're looking at, you know, sort of end of summer, fall for a full album release. We've been just releasing singles up to this point. Um, mm-hmm. And I think around that time, we'll probably plan at least some small tours um, and, and things like that to help support and get out and kind of see everybody who's been supporting us. Fantastic. I hope you guys, when you do that, I hope you can, uh, can add Madison on the list of stops. Oh yeah. We definitely love to come play Madison. Got to play in Claire's home, home state. <laughs> home state yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. You know, the creative process is so wildly different for, for every artist or, or band. And I'm kind of curious, like, what is, what does that look like? for you guys in terms of writing, recording, and producing your music? You guys have a, a home studio mm-hmm. that you're working out of, right? What, what does that process look like for you guys? Um, so for us, basically, yeah, so we have the home studio. So I pretty much work on the production and instrumental and stuff. So for me personally, I sit down and either, you know, get on the keyboard or piano or guitar and start putting together an instrumental and just fiddling around until something fits right and then layering it and doing a couple more layers and trying to do some structure until it sounds right. And then like a verse chorus structure at least or something like that. And then Mm -hmm. And then pretty much I'll just start playing it on the speakers really loud until Claire uh, like turns and it's like, Oh, I kind of like that. And then I'm like, like, what is that? Do you want to, yeah. And then I'm like, do you want to do something to it? And you know, sometimes she'd be like, no, sometimes she'd be like, yeah. And, and then, yeah. And then we go from there and Claire can talk about her process from there. Yeah. So I'm, I'm always just kind of, it's different now. I used to always write, you know, music sort of by myself, but now that we're working together, you know, I have the benefit of, yeah, just kind of being in the house all the time and hearing, you know, what he's working on. And, you know, usually I feel like I just end up being like, stop, what are you doing? (laughs) Um, Uh (laughs) And, and sort of saying like, okay, let's put everything down and and I'm going to work on this one um, with him. And, you know, like that happened today, earlier today, uh, just before this interview, uh, unplanned. Right. Um, and you know, and I think at that point, like melodies come to me, you know, words come to me. I'm pretty spontaneous, uh, writer in terms of songwriting. So once, you know, I'll just kind of take what he has started and generally I'll just immediately record, uh, the song at that point, um, kind mm-hmm. of off the top of my head. Um, I don't write anything down generally speaking, Um, I just kind of keep running it until, you know, I feel like I have something that I feel and that, you know, works with the song or feels like, you know, good to me. But I'm, I'm also very, I try to kind of get into sort of a flow state, I guess, if you will, like I, I'm not Mm -hmm. trying to write about any specific topic. I'm kind of trying to let it just come to me more or less naturally Mm -hmm. And just kind of see where that takes me. So sometimes I feel like I don't really write the song. Like it just sort of comes out of me uh, in terms of like the lyrics and the melodies. It just sort of happens. And then I kind of figure it out afterwards. (laughs) Right, right. Yeah. Well, I feel like there's I've I've been listening to you guys a lot. And I was trying to go back and remember I have um, I blame my I have a memory problem. I, I, and I think it's just a lack of sleep and, and I'm tired from, <laughs> <laughs> from chasing my toddler around all day. But, um, yeah. I was trying to remember back just to, just a few weeks ago, how I found you guys and discovered your music. And I can't, I can't remember. I don't know if it was <laughs> a, a, a fortunate, uh, algorithm 
you know, thing that, that fed that to me that way or what, but, but I've been, uh, listening to it on repeat, um, over the last uh, few weeks. And, and I, I find that that's, there's this really, I immediately connected with it because I feel like there's this, yes, there's a, a, a dreamy quality to, to your songs, but I, but I also feel like it's really timeless. Mm-hmm. It feels very relevant, you know, t- today, but it also feels like it, it would have been equally as relevant in, in the past 10, 20, 30 years ago, even from, you know, your melodies and your lyrics and your instrumentation and arrangements and even just down to the production itself. I, I get this, this romantic, almost a sort of a nostalgic vibe from so many of the songs. And, um, and I think that's really cool. I was, I was listening to the first song I discovered was Honey, I'm Afraid. Mm-hmm. And, and I know that because when I, when I found it, I was like, oh my God, I liked this a lot. And so I, I put it on repeat and I was listening to it. I listened to it two or three times um, on repeat. And then I got focused on something else I was doing. And then I realized I had been listening to it on repeat for like an hour, like the same <laughs> song. I'll do that. I'll do that sometimes. If I find, if I find something that I really love, I'll just, I'll listen to the song, you know, 20, 30 times in a row. Um, I've talked to some people that, that do that. A lot of other people are like, it's weird. I get <laughs> bored. And I'm like, no, man, you just, you, you, you just vibe and with it and you, and you hear something new every time you listen to it. So, um, but anyway, but it had been, it'd been playing for like an hour and I was like, you know, it's, there was a sense of familiarity with the song right out of the gate, like, and especially after hearing it 20 times, but, but right out of the gate, I was like, you know, it's like, it's like this cool amalgamation sort of of a lot of other things. I could, I could hear a lot of your influences in it, but it's, but it's your own thing too, at the same time. And it struck me. And I mean, this as a, as a fully intended as a heartfelt compliment, specifically with, um, Honey, I'm afraid. I was listening, 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 and I'm like, you know what? It's and it just struck me. I was like, this song sounds like if John Hughes were still alive and making movies today, <laughs> that song would uh, be perfectly compliment. dropped into like into the epic scene of the the movie. It, yeah, it just it struck me. I was like, this would totally fit. Like it was, and you know, he's known for having amazing musical taste and soundtracks too. So, but yeah, that's that. I totally mean that as a compliment, and and that that speaks back to sort of what I was saying about the timeless quality to it. I think, you know, that it sounds just as relevant today as it could have sounded in the past as well. Yeah, I think some of that for us is certainly by design and yet unintentional at the same time, because I think when Mm -hmm. you're trying to kind of just create based on your influences, I think what we, you know, and we've talked about this together a lot, uh, the two of us just I think the the biggest thing is we're not trying to force anything. We're not trying to create a specific genre. We're not trying to write about a specific topic. It's just Mm -hmm. sort of whatever is happening organically for us. And I think a lot of that translates into sort of this sort of timeless thing. And I think we both, because of the way we grew up and identified with music, I think you recognize on some level that when you hear a song, it can mean almost anything to you. And I I like a a lot to kind of create music. And and I think we like to create music that is sort of like, you can hear it however you want to hear it. And the lyrics are specific, but not overly specific because I really Mm -hmm. want, you know, people to feel like this is something we created, but 
this is really for you, you know, to right. help, help you or help you connect to it or whatever, because I, I've done that so much. Uh, we both done that so much with all, all kinds of music that I feel like that's such an important part of it. And knowing that someone's going to kind of put their own emotional spin on it when they hear mm-hmm. it. Yeah, I, I totally agree. You know, that actually raises a point. I was um, the other day listening to several artists or I, I find it, there's sort of like a, a wave of this right now currently in music. And, and it's it's great and wonderful and there's nothing wrong with it, but it but it is a noticeable thing. I think I was listening to the new Boy Genius album mm-hmm. and there, which is, I don't know if you guys have heard that yet or not, but it's a beautiful album. And uh, there are some of the songs on there there that are you know and i don't know if this is is phoebe bridgers or julian baker uh, or lucy decus but they they're you know incredibly specific things like the, mm-hmm. the lyrics are you know i remember the time when we were sitting in your driveway and you looked at me that way and you know it's like right it, it's a, it's a little harder to to personalize lyrics like that. The music itself is beautiful, but it's a little bit harder to personalize lyrics when they're so specific to to a, someone's you know story or, or, or situation or whatever. But uh, yeah, when things are a little bit more more broad, it's easier for for people to sort of make of it what they will um, or apply it to their own lives. Yeah, I think it's yeah, it's kind of trying to find that universal quality or feeling that a lot of people can relate to and yeah there's going to be some specifics but trying to write it in a way that you know you could be in a happy relationship or starting a relationship and you're like oh yeah like I relate to this or you could be dealing with a breakup and be sad and listening to music and be like oh yeah this and those two people could be listening to the same song and relating with it you know having it be open enough so that you can interpret it your own way whatever you're feeling Right, right, exactly, exactly, and um, yeah, I think you guys, uh, the the music you make definitely has that quality. It's about uh, was it is it ten singles that you guys have released so far? Is that yeah, right? Ten now, yeah. Yeah, we did nine yeah. last year, and then we did our first single this year last month, and then um, and then yeah, we have a quite a few um, on the docket right now, and working up towards yeah an album later this year so awesome yeah i was going to mention also i love your cover of uh, always something there to remind me that's one of my favorite songs from the 80s um naked eyes that was i love that song um yeah it's one of those songs also that's you know stood the test of time like you can still Absolutely. hear it today you've heard it 40,000 times you know since the 80s but it's it's yeah. still such a killer song um, yeah, so well, I, was, it's, I was psyched. That was always, yeah, I always loved that song. And I thought it was, you know, it's just got such a great feeling. And who was the original one? Because the original one was like in the 60s by, I forget it. I think it might have been a one hit wonder. I don't think they were too big of an artist. Well, there was but, a couple of different artists, right? Yeah. I think Dionne Warwick yeah. uh, had covered it, but it's a Burt Bacharach. Yeah. Yeah. But then, yeah, I'd always love that song. And then uh, we have a this record by the Carpenters and they do um, this medley with like a f- couple other songs, but then that one's on there. And I heard that and then it stuck in my head as I was working on something the next day. And I was just was like, yeah, I feel like we could do a cover of the song, but I've always loved it. But it's always been so upbeat that I was like, I thought it would be interesting to try to slow it down because it's gotten mm-hmm. such a pretty quality to it to make it a little more emotional and slow 
Yeah, it was fantastic. I, I loved it. Do you guys have any other, you don't have to say specifically what they are, but are there any other covers like that that you're thinking about working up or any plans for something like that? Had, had you really given that much thought or was it this just sort yeah, of Yeah, I mean, I feel like we have so. conversations like that all the time and it's, you know, something that I think we, we enjoy that, but it's really, it's got to be something kind of special. I, I will say I'm sure that there's probably one that will come up you know, but I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't feel comfortable saying yet at this point, which one it is because <laughs> yeah, I think we're yeah. pretty un- unsure so far. Yeah. yeah it's just kind sure. of a thing you, you toss around in your head, like, Oh, maybe we could do a cool spin on this or, or I just love this song so much. It would be fun to recreate it. But then yeah, for it to get to the point of putting it out, yeah, I would have to, you know, check all the boxes and, um, and right. would also require us to work on that. Um, you know, give it time away from our original composition. So it just depends. But yeah, I'm sure we'll get around to that again. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I can, I can see where it would be a super fun to do, but be like you said, you'd want to make sure that you sort of check all the boxes and that you, you know, give it the treatment that it, that it deserves, but also sort of putting your own spin on it and whatever. But I, anyway, I could see where that would be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. You guys, uh, so you said that there's there's a, a full-length LP sort of scheduled out for the fall later this year, right? Yeah. Cool. I will be very excited for that. And uh, the the new singles that you have that are coming out soon, do you have release dates yet for those? The closest one coming up is coming out April 14th, Friday, April 14th. Um, Ooh, yeah, so we have close. that one's. Yeah, it's coming up soon. And then we have a handful of other ones that we're working on that will either be singles or album songs um, that don't have dates yet. But those will be coming out, you know, not long after. But uh, yeah, the newest one that's going to be out is April 14th. Can we talk about the the title for that one yet? Yeah, we can. Yeah, it's called uh, Night Dream. Night Dream. It already sounds dreamy. <laughs> it is very dreamy. Yeah, <laughs> this one is definitely... Um, I feel like we have a diff- couple different uh, kind of like modes that we're in with our music uh, so far, at least that we've discovered with what we've made. But this one feels somewhat of a spiritual successor to uh, Honey, I'm Afraid. It's kind of could be like a sequel or a spinoff or something of that one. I think it has a similar vibe to it. Oh, nice. I'm definitely looking forward to it now. As, <laughs> as you know, I love that song. Um <laughs> Can you guys talk a little bit about some of the both the both the benefits and the struggles, the the positives and the negatives that come with being independent musicians in a in a, a truly indie band where you're 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 writing everything, you're recording everything, producing everything, working on promo, the the whole nine yards. It's more than a full time job, mm-hmm. which which demands constant overtime. I'm sure. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, can you talk a little bit about you know what what that's like for you guys? Yeah. um, I mean, I think, you know, the first thing is you have to have some other day job, right, (laughs) to pay for all of it. Because, because, right, you know, I think, you know, that's one of the challenges in the industry is that in order to put your music in a place where fans can connect with it, you know, ultimately, there is a, a certain amount of promotion that's required. And I think for a, a small indie band like ourselves, you know, that 
you need to have some resources for that. So, you know, I think we, you know, our kind of approach to that has been like, you know, I have a full-time day job that I work to help support that effort. And, and John is working full-time every day on the music. Right. Um, mm-hmm. So that way I can kind of pop in, like we were talking about to just do some vocals, do some lyrics, do, do some things in between because it is a full-time job and we're, we're basically doing that Absolutely. pretty much 24 seven, you know, with some breaks in between here and there, but, uh, so I think, you know, the benefit to that, though, is that it's all under our control. Right. And I think mm-hmm. that's a important piece for us is that no one's telling us, right, what kind of music we should right. make or, hey, that's not, you know, uh, good enough to be a single. Right. Those are all decisions that we can make together kind of independent of that. And I, and I think one of the other things is that makes us so much more kind of interested and responsive to like, how are people hearing our music? How are they liking it? How are they engaging with it? You know, I think it's a, it's a relationship between the people who are finding your music and listening to it and what you're creating and what you're becoming more inspired to create. I think that has kind of originally when we first kind of started, I think we were very genreless and very much just kind of, Oh, we'll do this. We'll do that. We'll do it. And it's, it has become a bit more refined now just because I feel like through the relationship with the listeners, uh, I think we've found like kind of more of a, this is really what's resonating and this is what we feel good about creating right now. And that may change. Right. Uh, right. But I think that's, that's been kind of the, the interesting thing. And it is a lot of work, but I think ultimately, you know, you're creating, you know, art and connection and a relationship yourself by kind of, you know, putting mm-hmm. out your own music without any kind of intermediaries or, or anybody else kind of pushing it for you. Absolutely. Yeah. And it, and it, and everything, it, you know, evolves and, and happens organically. But I, I think that really shows also in, in the music, you know, nothing about it feels forced, which is part of why it, it, I think it's, it's so good. Thank you. Have you guys, in terms of your musical history, since you've been musicians, have, have you guys had ever had a, another musician give you a, a piece of great advice that, that really like stuck with you? And, and the flip side of that, would, would you guys have advice to give other artists who are currently trying to navigate the modern music landscape? I think, you know, kind of I, I would answer that Similarly, I think a lot of people, you know, musicians will tell you, right, um, write for yourself. And, you know, you have to be happy with the music that you're producing. And I think that's sort of, you know, kind of to piggyback on what I was talking about uh, earlier, just you can't write something that you think sounds cool to somebody else, right? <laughs> I think right. that yep. you really do have to satisfy yourself and your own kind of artistic intentions and, and, and what, you know, and it, it's, it's for, it's for us as much as it's for anybody else. Like we're releasing it, right. We're putting it out there to the public, but I think the truth is that we would also be fine if we never did that <laughs> in a way, mm-hmm. like, cause it's, cause it's something that we want to do. There's a, there's, it's catharsis. It's all of these things. Right. And I think that if you're doing it that way as a musician, ultimately that's, that's the right way, right. To, to just be true to yourself. Right. And absolutely. Yeah. The other piece of advice that I would say to other musicians is that you really do have to fight for yourself and promote yourself too, because, which doesn't always come naturally. I don't think either one of us are very good at self-promotion um, <laughs> at all. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, but I think there's uh, you know, I've read a lot of things and, and looking at kind of some of, you know, what should we do? What should we do with this? Um, and I really think some of 
one of the best things that I kind of read was uh, as a piece of advice was, you know, if you release a song and you don't promote it and you don't do anything, you just kind of put it up on Spotify, let's say, you know, it's like throwing, you know, a needle into a forest, like no one's going to know. There's so much music. There's so much great music that's released all the time. Um, So I think that for musicians, you you have to do a certain element, uh, a little bit of self-promotion. And I think that's uncomfortable, but it's also like a growing process for an artist to just get comfortable with that too. I fully, uh, wholly agree w- with that. It is. It's a bit like the tree falling in the forest thing. You know, if it's, it's, there's so much great music nowadays coming out that it's, it, it's impossible to, to keep up. And, you know, something has to, to make you stand out and you have to be your own, your own best advocate, right? Like I've, I discover a lot of new music actually through TikTok. Speaking about algorithms, they actually have <laughs> a really great algorithm. So you, mm-hmm. you start finding cool music and it, keeps feeding you cool music and you're just like Jesus it's a never ending stream but I see a lot of the same artists on there they're you know they're heavily heavily constantly definitely daily sometimes multiple times a day cranking out promo material and mm-hmm. and it's working obviously but but it I can see where that's a it's a serious grind I mean it's a it's yeah. a in addition to to making the music you know it's like it, it's its own job the the promotion and the outreach yeah and I think you just have to find a way to do it in a way that's true to you. Like, for example, neither of us are on TikTok and <laughs> we keep talking about how we probably should be, but, but we haven't yeah. quite taken that step. We've yet. seen a couple of people <laughs> have made TikToks to our music though, which is like, Oh, that's know, cool. they're, they're doing, they're doing the promotion for you in that sense. But, but yeah, that's I haven't, true, like, yeah. I haven't been on there as a, user as a user yeah. or like as a creator in any way but but yeah i mean i've obviously heard that that's a uh, a lot of music gets heard that way and it's a i'm sure it's an interesting platform maybe we'll dip our toes in who knows <laughs> <laughs> i'd say i'd say do it um i mean i'd, I'd love to, to see you guys popping up in my feed on there but i could but i can also say you know from the experience of of using it all the time like it is a, it is a very effective tool in in mm-hmm. terms of getting eyes or or ears in this case um on your work yeah so yeah there's I don't know, millions, uh, thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions of, of uh, artists that are that are using it successfully. But you guys are on uh, Instagram. Yes. And uh, and of course, um, your music is available on uh, Spotify and Apple Music and uh, Bandcamp. Yes, yep. pretty much. Yeah, all this, all, all the, the streamers. streaming platforms. Yep. Yeah. You guys, uh, I uh, was reading your bio and you mentioned that, you know, you're you're advocates for uh, mental health awareness. Um, something that artists are, are speaking up more about these days. And, and it's so important that they do because everyone has mental health struggles, whether we openly discuss those or not. Um, I think we should. Yeah. Um, and like myself, you guys also deal with that too. Can you, can you talk a little bit about the, the role that music for you guys has played in sort of dealing with those struggles and, and specifically in the healing process uh, that comes along with, you know, mental health struggles and the things that we're all going through and trying to get through. And especially in, you know, today's world where it's just, just living life is impossibly hard. You know, it seems, yeah. uh, some days you really don't want to turn on the news, but then you, you do want to, because you you have to know what's going on and then you do and then you're like oh i'm sorry i turned on the news um <laughs> it's just it's a rough time to uh, to be alive but yeah can you mm-hmm. talk a little bit about that yeah i think you know for for both of us some of some of how we connected even in our own relationship with each other is 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 based on some of our struggles 
um, in life, because I think there's an acknowledgement that you, like you say, everybody does struggle. Everybody has some kind of mental health issue that you're going to deal with at some point, either yourself or a loved one in your lifetime that will happen to everybody. Absolutely. And, um, so it's, you know, it's this very common thing, but I don't, I, I do think we're better as a society now about talking about it a little bit more, but I think we have, still have a long way to go. And, yeah. um, you know, I think music for, for us, right. You, you kind of, I look at it like you, you kind of, there are times that you'll use it as a, as a coping kind of, uh, mechanism and it can either be like a form of escapism, right? Like you listen to a song and it takes you somewhere else and that's helping you in the moment kind of get out of where you're at mentally, emotionally, mm-hmm. physically, even sometimes. Yep. Uh, and other times I feel like you have, you know, something going on that you're struggling with and you need, you're using music as a way to kind of go deeper into it, um, which can be dangerous. Mm. <laughs> I can attest right. to that. Um, <laughs> but, but other times, right. I think that it can also help you work through emotions and access them in a way that, you know, like I would, I would even say like sometimes like going to a therapy session might be similar to that, like where you're, you're giving yourself permission to be vulnerable and experience emotions through music that you might not otherwise let yourself, you know, kind of do that. Right. And it I helps think, you tap into that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So I feel like that's something where we generally kind of both share, you know, the healing power of music, but also I think a deep acknowledgement that we've all kind of been through some really difficult things. Both of us have been through um, our share of, of, you know, depression and anxiety, you know, a lot of things, you know, sometimes more severe, you know, well-managed, you know, as of, as of today. Right. But I think there's also this sense of like, you need to keep, keep yourself kind of proactively healthy. Right. And music is a way that we do that through creating, through listening to it, uh, through the relationships that we form, you know, through, through that, I think that's been incredibly helpful for us and for, for many people I know. It is. It, it is a process and it's never ending. It's, I mean, it's always an ongoing thing. And yeah, you're right. Music is, is a, a wonderful constant in that regard. It is a, a form of therapy in, in and of itself, listening or creating it. Absolutely. So you guys, um, whether it's, I'm, I'm just curious to know if, if, uh, doesn't have to necessarily be Detroit based, but um, are there any other uh, artists or bands or albums right now that are out there that are that you guys are really into that anything else that's really like inspiring you something that you've got on on repeat? Um, I mean, just looking over by our record player, the <laughs> the vinyl we've been listening to. Um, it's not new, but we've been listening to the Drive soundtrack. I don't know if you've seen the movie Drive, but got a great soundtrack oh it's great ryan gosling movie but uh yeah it's it's got a super cool this the music is all synth based uh kind of 80s pop kind of style but we've been listening to that record a lot making a note of that now yeah that's a great movie to watch and the soundtrack is also fantastic um cool been listening to angel olsen's most recent album the big time i think is what it's called yeah we saw her too and uh New Orleans when we were in there in January. Saw her live, which was great. Oh, nice. She has a, um, a, a new EP, I believe, also, that she it's yeah. either just came out or it's about to come out, and it was from uh, leftovers from the sessions from, from Big Time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that she's fantastic. Great, great tune with some saxophone on there that yeah. was pretty pretty inspiring for us. <laughs> nice. What about, what about um, 
show have you guys seen any good shows lately like in the last year or so now that people yeah. are back to, to touring and, and going to shows yeah oh uh, yeah we go to shows you know at least uh every couple months or so um we saw alex g play in november last year that was a great show and he's supporting his nice. new album god saves mm-hmm. the animals um but i'm trying to think of who else we've seen recently we saw Krungbin a year or two ago and that mm-hmm. was a fantastic oh man yeah oh i'd love to see them they're amazing yeah it was was great to see live yeah did you did you happen to see their performance on austin city limits we did not no it's uh it's on youtube if you have time to uh to to watch that's it's like a really flawless performance of Mm. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah i don't know what it was like 45 minutes or an hour or something but it was just like that was my first introduction to them and I came across that and I'm like Jesus who are these people I've got to go find more <laughs> um, yeah love those guys um, and they just yeah. wrapped up a huge tour recently I believe too yeah I'm trying to think do we see anyone else that you well just Angel Olsen this, earlier this yeah. year and then I think we're we're trying to get some tickets to go see Cigarettes After Sex but most of those shows have sold out so fingers crossed we might get some grab some tickets for that what's so what's next for you guys you said you're, you're working on new music you've got lp coming out later this fall yeah yeah and hopefully we'll be uh doing some shows you know to support that you know later this year so you know we'll be uh and then we'll be recording more music i think that's the other thing for us you know we because we both live together and we have a home studio we're we're constantly creating so we'll have a lot more music coming as well over the coming months in addition to that album too awesome awesome well guys Thank you so much for for your time today, for taking the time talking with me. It's been an absolute pleasure and and a ton of fun. I'm a huge fan of your music, and I'm really excited to keep following and listening and supporting what you guys are doing. So thank you for being here today, and um, take care. And everybody listening, go listen to Bloom, B-L-U-H-M. Go listen. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you so much. So that was my conversation with Claire and John of Bloom. I want to thank them again, both of them, for their time and for being on the show. You can follow them on Instagram at BloomTheBand, B-L-U-H-M, The Band, and their music is available on streaming platforms everywhere. Please go listen to them and support them. Their new single, Night Dream, drops this Friday, tomorrow, April 14th, and we're debuting it exclusively right here, right now, on Zappagram. Thanks for listening, everyone. Here's Night Dream by Bloom.
走。